Welcome to the Next Generation Podcast. Your hosts are Wazza and Dan. Oh, how are you going, Dan? Not too bad, Wazza. Very excited. As finals inch closer and closer, can't help but have a smile on my face. Yeah, I'm um, sorry about my voice tonight, people. Um, Seavers didn't get back to me, so I didn't get any Seavers. So I'm afraid it's a bit <laughs> croaky. Um, some girls might like it that way, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they like the husky voice. But anyway, yeah, deja vu, hey? Mate, lightning strikes twice. Oh, and almost in identical spots, to be honest. Yeah, I think like, it was 10 metres over to the yeah. more centre, yeah. But, um, oh, oh, God, uh, unbelievable. Unbelievable. Um, I don't know about you, but when he took that mark, I was sitting there and I was like, um, oh, let's hope he kicks it. And we'll talk about that later on, um, how many people thought he would have kicked it. But um, when he kicked it, I was throwing my kids up in the air like we got into a grand final, mate. It's, it was... it's funny you say that. Without going into too depth in the actual game, which we'll touch on later, I had a bit of the family around, my um, old lady around, my wife and my kid on, and we're all watching it, all Mad Eagles supporters. And when he took that mark, we cheered and we stood up. We yep. couldn't sit down. Oh, I was down. jumping. Um, and I'm not afraid, Miss. I was shaking. <laughs> and even after he, he kicked it, we're screaming, like you said, as if it was a final. But I was still shaking. It was just a massive adrenaline ride. And what a way and what a crucial game to win. I'm so glad. The four points were so important. Yeah, and it's funny. Uh, it's only the second time in AFL, VFL history that a team that has not led at any time of the game, has won the game after Siren. The only other time was Sydney in 2006. Yeah. When Barry Hall had a kick That's it, Barry Siren. Hall got it. Because, yeah, there was a common question, and I myself didn't know till recently, and yeah. I was like, surely it's happened before, but I couldn't recall it myself when it happened. But, yeah, Barry, big, bad Barry Hall did it, I think. Was it, funny enough, was it against the Dogs? I can't, I think That's it was Bulldogs. Bulldogs. Yeah, Bulldogs, I can't yeah. remember who it was. But if, for those who missed it, with 45 seconds left on the clock, Eagles were, you know, uh, eight points, eight points down. down. I believe, yeah. And um, they got that goal. And, and what I'm hearing is... Um, the people on the bench were going, they're holding up their hand with four fingers and the fist is a zero, saying 40 seconds. Yep. But Bunga Hearns picked it up and told the back line four minutes. He's told Barras four minutes. So they've all relaxed. Yeah. But Gov's gone forward because he saw them putting somebody behind the play. Yeah. But actually, Barras was supposed to go back. That's it. That- and he was running down the side and he was going, oh, I was there to go take that mark. But I'm glad we knew, we thought it was four minutes because we were a bit more relaxed. Yeah. If we were all manic, we probably would have clogged up the forward line and we might not have been able to take the mark. Uh, you could almost pick the players that knew. So I think uh, some of the forwards knew. The backs well, had no idea. The but forwards knew because the runner. I think Scotty did as well. Yeah. And a few of the, the, the mids. Field yeah, the runner went out to them, but he yeah. didn't have time to That's go to. It. And it's just amazing. And at the end of the game, when they were walking off, you know, the people for the four and the zero that they were talking about with Simo was in reference to Hinkley. Yeah. But it just shows you how media can get things so stuffed up all the time from assuming instead of getting the facts but we won't go there um anyway um let's talk about a few other things um in the media everyone's talking about gws having injuries collingwood having injuries every team except richmond having injuries but joe from our admin on TNG, he compiled a list of uh, players that have missed for the Eagles and this is how it goes. Kennedy's missed nine games, Darling's missed four, Shuey's missed five, 
Jetta 4, Barras 6, Liam Ryan 12, Mark Lacroix 3, Sheed 7, McGovern's missed one game, Marson one game, Duggan one game, Venables, he's probably not in our best 22, but 10 games, and Hutchings missed five. And then you take... Did I put Nat New in there? No, so Nick Nat So he's, he's missed five. Gaff's missed one. He's going to miss the rest of the season. And Eric McKenzie hasn't played all season. So if you put that into context and we're sitting second on the ladder, you've you got to be laughing if you're an Eagles fan. Well, that's it. It shows tremendous depth. Um, but the big media don't see it. They just sit there and talk about, oh, Collingwood are hard done by because of this and that. And have a look beyond the border people and have a look at all of this and I'm not saying this is just Eagles this is probably the same with uh, Hawthorne I don't know the Sicily's been missing but they've missed yeah. chunks players yeah, Rioli Richmond have been lucky but they're starting to get a few injuries now yeah the f- but the thing with injury list it's not the size of the list as much as it would be the quality on that list um, where Richmond's they keep their best players on the park and I look at it as in a pure black and white scenario, we missed our best forward, our best mid, our best ruck. Now, if you implied that to say a Fremantle, they missed their best forward, so we'll take Rebold out. Yep. Their best mid, so we'll take Dusty out. Um, people could argue Cotchum, but either one. And then Nankout, who's nowhere near Nick Natanui's talent, but that's their best ruckman. Yep. They wouldn't have as good quality side. And an interesting thing is Kennedy being out's a huge blow because this is the fourth year in a row that no one's averaged more goals a game. So even with all the. Like he's not winning the Coleman. He's still, still no, averaging more. There yeah. is still no one averaging more goals yeah. a game than Kennedy. Well, let's move on. A couple of people have been asking me about draft picks and that. And so, as it stands of this round, we've got pick 20, pick 35, pick 68, 71, and 89 in this coming draft. And for those that don't know, uh, the draft's been changed to have it over two days, the top 20, which is the first round. Goes on one day and the rest gets done the next. The pre-season that was done a, a month later has been moved up on the same day. So why they call it the pre-season draft, I've got no idea. And the rookie. So I, I can see that getting eliminated next year. And it's all just going to be called the draft. Um, there's a lot of... We'll talk about other players later on because we had a lot of questions that have got asked. But um, say Gaff goes and we don't challenge it, we get a... We get a priority pick, whatever, all right? Now, the way I've worked it out, if we had a first-round pick, our pick would have been 16. So you get the... The way it works out, I've seen, is you get the pick after what you get. So we'd get pick 17. But because we've got pick 20, it wouldn't be surprised me to say you only get pick 21 for Gaff. If Gaff and Lysett both go, we don't get one. Yeah. Oh, wait, no, that's wrong. If... We do get one for Lysett, but if we take in somebody like a roughhead that's been touted, we lose our priority pick because he's a free agent as well. I, I don't like the priority pick setup at all, um, purely because I don't, I don't <laughs> trust it. Um, I don't. The interpretation is completely up to the AFL. They have guidelines they have, but no one knows the exact formula. They won't release the exact formula. So we know the a crucial part to it is the contract and the amount of money in that contract and how much that play is then worth, and that's a big thing. And to lure him away from there would have to be big, but I don't like that. But just looking at the picks as a whole, wasn't last year a masterstroke during the trade period? A lot of people doubt it. They've, the players we got, they've already swung to it being a good yeah. thing. But we've effectively right now, what have we done? 
picked 17, we swapped for pick 20 and got five second round draft yeah. picks from it. Uh, four second round draft picks from it. That That's such a and strategic and brilliant move. Yeah, it's going to be interesting where we go. Um, we'll talk probably more about the draft and trades after the season's finished, but it's going to be interesting which way Eagles do go in this uh, year's draft. Um, if you listen to Eagles back chat, they have a thing called social media where uh, people that are on their page or members um, send in questions. So we did that again this week. Uh, we've done it a few times, but we've got a big amount of questions to get through. So, But one thing is, if you're an avid listener, we need uh, a name for this ses- um, section. So send in your ideas and the best one we'll pick and then we'll get Dazza to do the uh, voiceover. I, I think with the amount of feedback we got this week, which was great to see, it'll be a rapid fire kind of <laughs> questioning. Well, so maybe it'll be good. All right, well, I'm going to ask you some questions, Dan. I've got a few. I'll answer some of them and you can. This is from Flynn Johnson. Do you think Venables has to be dropped as he hasn't been damaging enough and who replaces him? And we, um, let's make them quick. Yep. Uh, yeah, 100%. I'm a massive fan of Venables. I think he's going to be a star for us. But right now, it's the weak link. Coming in the finals, we need to work on the best 22. So, yeah, I think that one change, that one position is where we can improve our side. Who would come in? Okay, so Brayshaw, Ainsworth, small, but it wouldn't surprise if they go for a tall in Waterman. All right, we'll talk more about this in the revolving door. I said it's too close to finals, so I be, wouldn't be surprised if they keep the same 22. But if they did, bring in Waterman. And if they didn't bring in Waterman, I'd love to see Brayshaw get given a go. <coughs> Excuse me. Right, Flynn's got another one. <clears throat> Who's the next mature gun to come out of the waffle? Have you got any? Because I've got a few. Uh, as in on our list already? No, that's in the waffle that we can look at. That's uh, why I think he's gone. Well, I, uh, Cameron, but I've always... He's got to hopefully be on our list. Um, so he's the one for me. He had a good under-18s carnival. I, um, for me, because he wants to mature, I, I do like... This guy, Marlon Pickett from South Fremantle, I said last year in my Dead Draft series that I'd love to see him get picked. I reckon he's pretty good. Um, you got Hayden Sloyf, he, you know, Sandover medalist last year. He's still having another good year, so all reports he's got a bit of an attitude problem. I don't know. I'm not that close to South Fremantle, so that somebody. Is, that is the rumour I hear too. I don't know if it's true, but that is what I hear. Um, Zach Clark's name's been thrown up. Um, people say, oh, he's the next docker, so what? He's killing it in the waffle. He's got his body right, and he could be a good replacement, even as a backup ruckman. And there's a young kid that I've watched over the last few years, and Perth Demon fans were like, and know about him. He, he missed all last year because of a knee injury, is Corey Leggett. Now, if I had to pick one, he'd probably be the one I'd pick. He's 22, so uh, I think he's 22, so. A lot of good players on that list, was it? Yeah. And one final one from Flynn. How do you feel about the rucks linked in the W in the West Coast Eagles, like uh, Ruffhead and Clark? Well, we just spoke about Clark. He'd be a good rookie option. I'm not a fan of Ruffhead, but I haven't seen enough of him. Uh, the reason you haven't seen enough of Ruffhead, he's a little injury prone, but he's in and out of the Dogs' best 22 at the same time. And the dogs are a lowly bottom side. So to me, that screams alarm bells. I'm not interested in him. Zach Clark, I feel 
is a good option. Personally, I want to look at the WIR, the Waffle, the Sample, the VFL. I want to pick a ready-made Ruckman as another, a backup. Another person linked to us today was Sandy Lands. A lot of people on the uh, Next Generation page are saying, no way. But take the Frio thing out of it. If he's fit, you're playing for a year like we did with Petri. He could be a big bonus, I reckon. Uh, Not as a Ruckman, but more as a pitcher. Yeah, but see, the thing with Sanderlands is I've never liked what I've seen of him forward, and he will hand pass it off so someone else takes the kick, and it's just injury prone. That's that's the only yeah, thing. Well, in, in his prime, injuries. in his prime, I'll be like, yeah, get him. Best tapman in the, the Ruck almost, but oh. yeah. All right, Roger Bryant, he's got a few quickly. So which Waffle side will the Eagles align with in 2019, or will they have a standalone team? Mate, I've got no clue. Uh, clue. I think it's well, a ridiculous scenario. I want a standalone team, it, but I can't see that happening. In right, if so the WAFC are smart enough, they'll give them their own team. If the presidents are smart enough, they'll give them their own team. If they have to align, the logical one would be Perth Demons because it's at left lane uh, location. But because West Perth are on the on their deathbed, who knows? They could give them a lifeline. I don't know, but I'm hoping they get their own team. Uh, he's got another question. Will Liam Ryan win Mark of the Year? Well, he would have, but Isaac Keeney's is better. Yeah, I, sadly, I think it is too. Um, and it's hard because it's, the newer one's always fresh in your mind, but there's been some good marks. Oh, Nick Nat took a good one early in the year. And Liam Ryan put... Yeah, well, Nick Nat's is probably better than that one. That, I, I agree. And Liam Ro- it's just fresh in our mind. And Liam Ryan's first one in round three, was that a was a good one as well. Um, who's been our Rookie of the Year? This is from Roger again. I would have said Waterman, Rioli or Ryan, but when you have a closer look, because I'm a forward, that's why I look at first... Yeah. Cole's been our Rookie of the Year. I was going to say, I was hoping you were going to say Cole because I wanted to surprise you. I would, I would say Cole. Yeah, I would right. say he's improved his game so much this year. It's been brilliant. Where the others, we knew they were that good. Yeah. Or they had the potential to be that good. Where Cole completes surprise packet. And he just missed out on the under-22 squad because I think he turned 23 during the season. Uh, he, could, not... he couldn't have because he got an rising star. Yeah, he couldn't. So how come he's not in the under-22? Uh, I think Barras. I think Barras didn't. But Barras uh, is nearly... Oh, I, 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 that's what I'm saying. These, I'm quite sore on this. Barras, Waterman... Duggan, and Waterman, uh, Ryan is young enough, and Cole. None of them made the 40-man yeah, squad. Another Victorian bullshit crap. Um, Ian Garlett, um, he's a member on TNG as well. Everyone is, obviously, with these questions. With two home finals almost guaranteed, which player, superstar or fringe player, is a wild card for the finals? It has uh, to be Kennedy. Because he's a wild card. Well, if he yeah, plays, if, if he comes in and stays fit, that's definitely our wild card because he's not on our side now. But I, we've got to work on twenty. I don't think we do have a surprise packet. I think no. uh, we have certain players that will revel in it. I think Ryan's not going to be daunted by the situation because he's played grand finals with Subiaco. Um, I'd like to see Brayshaw chucked in. Brayshaw, yeah. But anyway, that's another thing, Alex. How do you say his last name? Saunas. Saunas. Um, are West Coast a really good chance of beating Richmond at MCG? Of course they are. Well, it's funny, like, and people laugh when I say this because it does. It sounds like I'm almost uh, joking, but I'm not worried at them more than, say, a GWS because GWS's game style can cut us up. Where our game style is designed now for almost the MCG. Yeah. And to 
beat Richmond. Richmond aren't a good clearance side and they're not a good disposal efficiency side. They cluster and they swarm. See, we, we'll go back. We'll keep possession. We'll switch sides. We'll use the length of the ground. And then as soon as we see an open... We pull that trigger and we go bang and go for goals. Well, I'm going to say it now. If, if Kennedy plays, we're going to uh, we're going to be there, and I reckon we're going to win it. Well, I don't give a shit. I'm too superstitious, but yeah, I put it so I've actually got no fear of yeah. Richmond. I think uh, Hawks are a dark horse, and I think as long as they get a few players back, GWS can be a, a bit of a roughie as well. All right, um, Adam Kritsk, I hope I pronounced that right. Is Petchicelli a chance to come into the finals? And did she do enough on the weekend to cement his spot? Petrocelli's a no for me. Yeah. He's too far back in the pecking order, but Sheed's third quarter was oh, absolutely brilliant. Oh, my God. Sheed, uh, his third what quarter kept us in the game. That? That's his error. He had 10 disposals and a goal in that third and quarter. And I think he had four clearances. And he was just error. Yep. And... Uh, this is the thing I've got with Sheed. He's not a forward. They play him forward, and then people say he's not doing anything. He's a midfielder. He's the same ilk as, let's say, of Redden, where we play him at half forward forward. He's not having this great impact. Then this year he gets his opportunity with Mitchell and Prince retiring. Then all of a sudden he becomes this star midfielder for us. Right. I put Sheed in that category. Right. Uh, Remy Clark is a young kid that uh, listens to us a bit. Um, I think he lives in Melbourne too. Do you think Scott Lysett is going? And if he does go, what conversation do we get? Well, personally, I've said, I think on last week's podcast, I think he's staying. Just from his body language after Port, I definitely think he's staying. But if he did go, he'd pr- we'd probably get an early round two pick or an end of round one pick for him as a or Eagles would force a trade and nah, try and get a play. I think the best we could get for Lyset is a second round pick. As I said, I don't like how the AFL treats us. Yeah, so we, I can't say it's getting who knows. Um and I I hope he stays. The thing that worries me is we're so proactive now, it's coming out we're so proactive chasing these other ruckmen. So it feels like they know something that like the prices and contracts he's been offered yeah, we can't match. I heard seven hundred thousand a year. Well, they over assume five we can't years match. From Saints. We, we assume. Um, but we have two quick last ones, uh, both from admins of uh, TNG, Melanie Hazeldean. Will Victoria give us credit? Simple answer: No. Do we want their approval? No. And do we care? No. Uh, no, no, and, and no. no. And Joe. You uh, combined our list just before. How many times with Daniel called was a Warren? I don't know. Have you called me Warren yet tonight? Uh, three times I called you Warren. No, 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 no. Um, but that counts a, as one, though. That's a, that's a bit of an inside joke on our um, admin chat, people. So if you do listen out, have a listen because I never seem to hear it anyway. Um, we also have another segment. We usually do it later, but... It's called What's Your View? So we'll probably put, tie this in with that one. Um, Melanie, an admin, who just answered, asked a question, put up a poll. Would Gov... Who thought Gov would kick the goal when he took it 32 seconds before the siren? 50 to 50... 50-50 people, it was 165 people. Right? 135 said, yes, he would kick it. And no, it'll be a flower bag. Thirty nine. I was one of those. I was thirty nine. It's funny you say that. Like I love the optimism, but I was one of the thirty nine as well. What I say this all the time to Warren, but Gov is an elite backman. What he's rated, I think now the best in the AFL yep. calling their statistics. But he's a terrible for though. He's an average for Well, but, if you listen to the players, yeah, they said out of the twenty two that were playing. 
on the weekend, he'd be number 22 that they would have given... To kick it at the end. It didn't come nice off the boot. And that's ever, did why it? when he turned around, if you look at his mouth, yeah. he says, look at F and that. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's just, it came up with the stats. He'd had six shots a goal from that angle before. And four, four of, of them, them went missed. to the left. Yeah. One, went one to was right. to the right and only one in the middle. <laughs> so there's a reason why I wasn't too confident he's got to yeah. kick it. So glad he did, though. So, so those man. people that said he'd kick it, the 135. Love the talk- optimism, yeah. <laughs> Love it, mate. Like, you're talking out of your ass. Yeah, I, like, <laughs> or you've got those coloured glasses it, on. <laughs> it's got to be. As I said, I love the confidence. I'm not going to slam him for that. But, yeah, I was definitely one of the 39, sadly. All right, but before we get into the game, let's go to the medical room. Mackenzie, well, he's missed the whole season and he'll probably never play for us again. And I think he's... Did he make his 150? I think he has. Uh, I'd have to check. He might just be shy. I've got. I'm just throwing number out like 147. I've got to feel like he was just shy, which is not good. Nat Nui is due round 17 next year. (laughs) Not this year. Josh Kennedy. Well, he's already said he won't play this week, so let's hope he's back for Brisbane. I think they'll play him. Scoey. He is close to playing this week at waffle level. It's a test. And Alango is the same with the um, hamstring. So yeah. Obviously not an injury, but Gaff out. But as I said, it's not the li- like length of the list. You've got Josh Kennedy, you've got Nick Nat, and then Gaff suspended. They're three massive yeah. outs. All right, guys, we'll get on to our next segment. It's the final siren. Well, as we said at the start of the show, here goes my voice again. Um, we won after the siren, nine goals eight, 62 to nine goals four, 58. The goal kickers for Port Adelaide were Johnson three, Gray two, Wingard, Dixon, Farrell and Ryder one, and Cripps three for the Eagles, and the rest were singles. Joe Marston, Sheed, Ryan Lacroix and McGovern. Um, Beth for Port Adelaide. Probably Wines, Jonas, Pollock. Now you can see why uh, North Melbourne probably want Pollock because he played pretty good. Got, he's got some pace behind him. Um, and Eagles with Shuey, Yo, Lacroix, Redden, Sheed, Marston and Cripps. If you go to the TNG Eagle of the Year, we went Shuey, three, two for Yo and one for Ryan. And Yo's now in front of Gaff with 21 votes. Yeah. Um, and there's only 32,500 at Adelaide Oval, so... Wow, I'm really surprised that number. It didn't seem like they even had that much. I was... looked like the it's, amount of empty seats blew me away. It's weird, because a couple of years ago, Port Adelaide used to sell out... I don't know if it's the Oval, because at Amy, they used to always sell it out. And since they've gone to Adelaide Oval, they just don't seem to be selling it out. Was, was it the tarp at Amy, though? They went... Through a dark period where they yeah, had to put tarps on bloody seats. So, oh, quickly before we get into the game, I'm just going to go to the tipping with the TNG Go tipping. That's the uh, amalgamation of our podcast and the Go Footy podcast. Uh, Shell 88, she's gone to the top. And it's funny because she's on top of ours, but I'm on top of theirs <laughs> on the West Coast Eagles for Life. So, And Ollie from Go Footy, he's uh, jumped into the top five, so he's creeping oh, well up. Well done, yeah, yeah. Late run at it. All right, let's get to some talking points. Right. Uh, Luke Shuey, 31 disposals. Joe, 25. Lacroix even had 24. They basically were our midfield. And people were probably sitting there, me included, saying... Um, Lacroix, what's he doing? 
But and Simo brought it up. If you're measuring Lacroix on the goals he kicks, you're looking at it wrong because he does a lot off the ball. Yeah, I've always been critical of that. But um, he got 24 disposals and he did pretty good. He was putting in the work. He put. It was on Wingard for a little while, yep. and he did pretty good. Uh, Shuey, he's he plays great against Paul all the time. He does now. And he had a brilliant game. And yo, well. He's got to be a late runner in the Brownlow market. I don't think he'll get there, but the last six games, just on our voting, he's been in the top two. Yeah, well, that's what they're saying on the predictor, that, like, the last three games, he's would go close to being best on ground in all three. Um, yep. Sure, we had 11 disposals we were talking about, but we won't talk about too long because we've touched on it a bit at the beginning, but just a few shouts. Maston, early when things weren't going our way, I found was instrumental in us not getting blown away. He kicked that goal from yep. 55 metres, which we really needed, and he seemed to be everywhere. He's he's playing that role where he's yeah, he goes forward, he goes back, he's and he plays more on the wing as an outlet, you know, and goes where he's needed. Well, it's interesting how we attack the gaff absence, and um, you had him play a little bit on the wing. You had Duggan go up there, play a little bit on the wing. You had Archie even went up on the wing. They don't get the big yeah. numbers, but they still did the Sheed job. as well, who we've touched on already. Yeah, um, um, They all just sort of like rotated instead of having that one person as a link player, mm-hmm. and that probably got us back into the game probably. Yeah. So I-, I wanted to talk about that game too because I things weren't going our way. Our disposal efficiency... The first quarter was horrible. Our disposal efficiency was about 43 Yeah, we couldn't get the ball. Um but once that first quarter, and we talked about this with the Essendon game, where when you start really bad, it skews your image of the rest of the game. Now, we won every quarter after that, and I felt things still weren't going our way, but I had this belief that, like, we're staying in touch, we could almost still yeah. win this. And I think I said that. I said, we made Port look good. That was a comment that said, they weren't yeah. playing Brewer, oh, we were that. making them actually look good. Our disposal efficiency was so poor, we were giving them the ball, and on the rebound, they were able to attack, and things like Robbie Gray was by himself. And I found, in that second quarter, we started winning the clearances, well, they had, and easily winning the clearance. And they, they did a bit different on uh, McGovern. They played uh, a guy on McGovern, instead of, yeah. that. you know, they made him more... Uh, accountable, word? accountable for it, and he was getting beaten. And but that was just showed you late in the game when they did move McGovern around a bit that the coaching did their job. The back line, Brass, Let, uh, Jetta, Cole, and Duggan, always you never hear their names because you're always hearing of McGovern or Hearn or Shepherd. Those guys, they got us back into the game. Well, that's why that they talk a lot about the Gov thing, but it doesn't work. Yeah. Uh, Cole has added this intercept mark into his game in the last month. That's where we touched on him getting better. That's a big thing. And Barras, he's he's been nurtured by Gov being back there. You know, he's played his whole career as he's coming as a junior with Gov there. His intercept marking is just as good. It's just he's the lockdown defender. So if you tag Gov, that's fair enough. We've got more intercept markers. And it, it showed in that game. Um, and that gets onto the thing as well. Uh, our disposal officially picked up, started winning the centre clearances, started getting the inside 50s more. And we're winning the ruck as well. Yeah, oh, we destroyed. And even before Ryder went down, yeah, that and, was happening. And um, people were sitting there going, oh, you know, oh, Lysa was good because Ryder went down. But when Ryder was on the ground, Lysa was beating him. That, that's what I mean. That game turned Easy. around. He, he would beat him all game. I remember sitting on the couch, a few umpiring decisions that go our yeah. way, bouncing the ball. But I said, you know what, we're, we're on 
top here. Like, statistically, we're playing the better footy right now, but we weren't really capitalising. But then soon it kind of clicked, and a lot of made of the injuries. Dixon and that didn't go down to three minutes before, before the, the final yeah. siren of the third. So it was really only one quarter. And before then, we were attacking him a willing Same down. as Houston. They went down exactly yeah. the same time. So, um, you know, Jamie Cripps, he's had a good fortnight. Good, well, actually, almost a good, a good three month, weeks. Yeah. And um, I heard somebody, I can't remember who it was. It was a Fremantle player on Sports Today the other night talking about who one of their harder... Oh, it was um, Lee Spur who retired. And he said, Jamie Cripps is one of the hardest runners, and people just don't realise it. If you do not run with him, he's going to cut you up. I remember, I think it was, I don't think it was last year, I think it was early this year, and he would run, get that ball, and he missed so many set shots. But he was gassed because yeah, he, he, he got the ball almost on half, and he would sprint down the wing, and there was no one there, so he just kept running. And we saw it time and time again, and people were critical because he's missing the goal. But we saw it with Ryan too. When you're gut running that hard, you are so exhausted by the time you take that shot. And it shows. And um, let's be realistic. I think he's on 29 goals. Could be 28. If we play finals, which we looks well, we're guaranteed yeah. to play finals, but if we play a good final series, he may have five games left. He might actually have a 40-goal season, yeah, well, which let's is hope so does. good from a small forward. Yeah. All right, well, we've, a lot of people have seen the game. We want to try and keep the podcast not going too long tonight. So we're just going to quickly get on to our next segment and then we'll get on to the next game. The revolving door. All the stats that matter at the Royals. All right, East Perth. Yeah, got a couple more games left before the Eagles get their own team, thank God. I hope. Unless they take somebody else up. Uh, Royals 23-13, 151 defeated. East 3-0, 5 goals, 7-37. A 94-point killing. I reckon an amateur team could beat East 3 at the moment. They're that bad. Well, that's it. But you still got to give the players credit. And it's amazing because they've got a lot of ex-AFL players down at East Yeah. But let's quickly go over the disposals. Brayshaw, 41 disposals after the week. He's been helping out, you know, with his brother and everything. Waterman, seven goals, 20 disposals. Ainsworth, 39 disposals, one goal. Partington, 36 disposals yet again, two goals. Oscar Allen, four goals. So they've had a the day out. Petricelli's got two goals. Carpenter even got 21 possessions, but he should be getting that every week. Uh, Nelson... He's averaging around about 21 every time. Watson, 19 for the fifth week in a row. Yep. Um, Meetema, 18. Brander, 18. No goals. But And Rotham, 16. And the reserves, we had England play. He got three goals, 16 disposals. And Bayok got one goal, 20 disposals. And they killed East Fremantle as well. Yeah, well, that's it. And this is where... And people don't want to make change to the squad and understand that. But this is where I'm saying, do we drop Venables? It, as I said, his future's bright, and I personally, I'm a massive fan, but I do look at it as you've got to pick your best 22. Do we go another tall in Waterman? Do we bring in Brayshaw? Or even Ainsworth, actually. So you say Waterman. Did we drop Vardy to bring Waterman in? Are we no, too No, I'm tall? saying Ven- Venables. Well, not really, because with JK not there, you still got Cripps, you still got Lacar, you still got Rioli, you still got Ryan. 
Yeah, but so, Barty's sort of like taken that spot, he, you know? He, he has, but Waterman's played before. But as I said, you could bring a Brayshaw in, depending yeah. if they want the extra tall. If not, bring a Brayshaw or Ainsworth in. I'd be very surprised <laughs> if we make a change this week. So would I, but I feel we should. I, I think, think he only had five disposals on the weekend. I, I think this week's so important that we win it, that we go on with our best team possible. We win it, secure that top two spot, and dare I say it, we rest players against Brisbane because we've got the week off afterwards. I jokingly brought, said you that know, myself. It, it's yeah. their lion tanking rule. But you secure the top two. You can't fall out of it. So why play? You could probably rest Shuey if you saw. You could probably rest... If Lacra's wrist. Lacra, you could probably rest. You wouldn't rest Yo because he could get more three more votes and win the brown low. Um, it's just injuries. If they're carrying yeah. niggling injuries, you rest them. Um... Yeah, like, I agree. This is a game of win. But as I said, not mass strategy. I'm picking one player who I think we can improve on. So, All right, well, I'd say Venable's out. And if it was me, I'd be chucking Brayshaw in because his brother's playing in Melbourne. Yeah. And I just like the way young Hamish plays. And he'd hit the ground running. But I know that ain't going to happen, so I'd be chucking Waterman in. Waterman. Yeah, seven goals. You can't really ignore that. See, that's the funny thing. Some of them posted so good games. If it wasn't... Yeah. If they all didn't post those numbers yeah. and it wasn't against East Fremantle, that forced their way in kind of like she Yeah, it did. makes it a look... Um, it takes a gloss off it because I, I, I play an instrument. I want to ask you a question, though, and I've been thinking about pondering it, if you would like. Um, would you actually use start to try and train Brand up as a pinch hitter? He's tall. He's a forward. Would you just say, look, let's work on your ruck craft a little bit? No. You wouldn't? I, to me, they've got to make the decision. One week, Oscar Allen's back, then he's forward. Brand is forward, then he plays a little bit off the back. Make one of them a backman, make one of them a forward, and go with it. I think Oscar Allen, they actually really do want him to be a swing man, though. I think they're deliberately trying yeah. to work on his craft both ways. Um, I'd I like just to see Brand uh, stay as a forward because JK's got a couple of years. JK's getting injuries now. Mm. Um, they've got a fast track Brander. They bought him in as a forward, so leave him as a forward. Oh, no, like still forward, but just get him to work on ruck. So pinch hit. So oh, say well, you yeah. got like the Vardy role, but not as much in the ruck. Well, I probably can answer that question better once we see who they delist at the end of the year. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Alright, well, let's go on to our uh, next and last segment. It's bounce down. Alright, we're paying... Oh, there goes my voice again. Every time we start a new segment, there goes <laughs> my voice. Seavers, give me some Seavers now. Give me an ad so we can use you as a sponsor. I don't know. We're playing the people's favourites from the last couple of years in Melbourne. They've become the flat track bullies of the AFL. They haven't been the top eight or nine side down to Geelong this season. Let's hope the Eagles ain't the first, mate. Well, it's funny... Um Collingwood's similar. They've only won one against the top nine, I believe. And guess what? It was Melbourne. <laughs> so oh, both really? those, yeah, both those teams showed inaccuracy with the uh, footy. And we've fixtures. won seven out of yes, the we top have, nine. and we got Melbourne this week too. Yeah. So we could make it eight. Um, people's favourites, yeah, they really are. Um, I found did that work against them? Are they becoming arrogant? You know, because everyone liked them. They were an up and coming. They got lots of young yeah. stars, and that makes them a bit worrying to play against. Because no, they haven't performed against top teams, but the talent is there. Oh, they definitely got the talent. But let's have a look at their medical room. You got Jake Levy's out for the year. Maynard's out for the year. Viney's still two weeks away. So it'd be good to see him come back for the finals if they make it. Hibbard is a test this week. 
um, I've heard that they're trying to push him to get him to play because he is a quality player. Yep. So is uh, Malksham. Now, he's a test for this week. Billy Stretch's season. Smith, two weeks. Baker's five weeks. Hunt, he sort of got a bit angry. I haven't heard anything about him yet. I don't know what happened with the scans, but we heard that Jesse Hogan's out for the rest of the year with that yeah. navicular, what is it? The bone in there. Yeah, foot. the foot, foot injury. The horrible ones. That and get. that can be that can be a real bad injury. Heard can't he was out over. for nearly a year. Yeah, they can't so get over it sometimes. Let's hope Jesse uh, doesn't miss too much football next year. But it's unfortunate. I'd like to play Mal Matt their best. I'd like to play him when Viney's in there because he's one of my favourite players. Um, it's funny, my favourite player in the AFL actually plays for Melbourne. And that's Angus Brayshaw. Brayshaw, great right. player. So well, before that's why I want to see Hamish in there. Yeah. So I can go stuff you, Angus. Yeah. I'll swap my allegiances over. But, yeah. Hamish um, is big body too, so he can slot straight in there. But that that's what makes them damaging. They do have they got great midfield. Angus, you know, they've got these... Petrarca, Oliver, they've got him there. But this is... They've got the McDonald's. Yeah. Play either end. Very good forward this year, isn't he? And I used to rave, rave about him being a great backman. Yeah. Goes forward and he's... I, I always look at um, averages per game because the Coleman can be misleading, you know, because yeah. injuries and certain things. And we've they touched the, on the fixturing issues, like who played bottom teams. I like Garlet. Um you know, they've got a great nucleus of a team. And, uh, look, they're a bit like us last year. We lost, what, eight games by less than 10 points. And they've lost five games by the similar margins. Yep. Um, almost there, but not not good enough. Um, oh, look, you know, that they're a team to everyone's wanted to see succeed. They've had a long time of, I think they've got the longest drought now out of all the AFL teams for premierships since 1954, I think, or maybe it was 64. Yeah, I think they think... So, whatever it is, maybe Bobby, one of our mates on social media, can uh, message us and let us know that once he's heard this, because hopefully he hears it, because he's a Melbourne boy. Um, He might love your salty voice as well, mate. (laughs) Um, Look... They beat Eagles at CBA last year, but the problem is it's not CB, it's at Optus. I don't think Melbourne play the round ground. Gary Lyon even said, yeah, the original tenants of MCG, but can't play it. Yeah. Um, and where they're playing on a round ground, Optus is very similar, and I just think Eagles will expose them with the whip for the ground. Uh, that oval has been a godsend to the Eagles. Yep. We touched on our yep. game style now, um, and that oval is quite similar. I think five metres in on the wings, so it's very similar uh, to MCG. Um, so, yeah, I, I just think, it's a, as I said, to repeat myself, it was a godsend. I think now we don't have as much fear for the MCG. I think our game style when we've played there has been brilliant. So I can't wait to play Richmond. Um, but what a ripper of a game it was last year. I know we lost in the dying seconds, but you can appreciate a good game for what it was, and that yeah. was a ripper. And... Um, I'm hoping it's another ripper, but I'm hoping we get up. I heard Max Gorn was carrying a cork last week and shouldn't uh, have played. Car, well, I hear it's a bit more. I hear he's uh, got a ca- so, calf strain almost. So it'd be interesting if they, they... They're going to probably have to play him because I think, was his name Sam Wiedemann? Is that his name? The young guy from in the VFL? No. They were using him in as, as a ruck and a forward, but he's going to come in and take Hogan's spot. So I don't know if they've got a backup ruckman. I haven't been looking at their list in too much depth. Well, it's but because it's at Optus Oval, and I'm just going to say my winner in margin now, I'm going to say it's Eagles by 27 points. I'm that confident. 
I reckon 19 points Eagles win. Um, but it's funny you touched on Gorn. Gorn is right now the elite ruckman of the competition, but it's his game time. He plays such game time. But that can actually be a curse because if he's not there, you haven't blooded a second ruckman and, or they haven't had much game time. This is where Lyset has been a godsend, I'm using that word yep. again, since Nick Nat went down, was the fact Nick Nat only rucked 60% of the game. game. So Lysett was already doing 40%. And Gorney, if you look at his first half of the season, he was getting a lot more of the ball forward. Yep. In the second half of the season, he's been getting a lot more on the back. I like so him he better back. been as damaging. Yeah. So if the Eagles can keep him back, they're, they're probably on a good way to win the game. I actually like that because he's a good mark. Yeah. So he goes back as a loose. He's an intercept mark. Um, but I'm saying that as an Eagles supporter, and I, we talk about on yeah. the show how we attack from our back line. That's our strength. So but that's why as, I like him back. He's not as damaging down back. He's not a gov, is he, or a hurt. And I think the Eagles, that's why Waterman come in. They might try and stretch their defence. It's going to be good because Oliver, you know, love him or hate him, he's a good player and he's going to get the ball. So do you try and take one, do you try and take something like Oliver out of the game? Because if you do take Oliver out of the game, that means somebody else has got to step up. And I think he can be very damaging. So he's the guy I'd be earmarking to take out the game. Angus Brayshaw gets a lot of the ball and he's my favourite player, but he gets it a lot across half back. He does, but I think they will go with Oliver, but Oliver's not a good user of the footy. Angus Brayshaw is a he, lot better brilliant. use of the footy yeah. and on both feet. So it's... I think they have to go in with, right, we'll tag Oliver, but they can't go in so set. they got to go in with, right, if one gets off the chain, we're swapping the tags. Yep. I think they have to. Um, right. Yes, yeah, great game. As I said, I just can't wait. Oh, well, we'll, we'll probably do a more in-depth review of the game instead of um, what we're predicting. So tune in next week for that if you're... If you like the demons, um, we're going to get on to our last segment before we sign off, guys. Under the pump. <coughs> All right. Under the pump. Mine's more of a piss take. It's not really an under the pump. Um, I love my podcasts. I have been listening to so many. Um, one of my favourites is Eagles Back Chat, of course, because I'm an Eagles fan. And you got social media. So my under the pumps at Will Schofield. Everyone knows how much I like Will Schofield. Well, my love affair has ended. <laughs> because on today's show, he had about 10 minutes on social media and he ended it on the question before mine. <laughs> so, a bit of a personal blow, was it, was that? I think he'll just be and, tough. We're talking about social media. And social I, was, media. I was hoping that he'd read it out because it was under TNG podcast, not yeah. my private one. And it was a friggin' good question, Scoey. So, if anyone knows him, you let the f- little friggin' bastard know. Because <laughs> I know he's a grumpy prick, but I am too. <laughs> and that's it. Uh, he might read out tomorrow. Um, I'll keep mine short too. Mine's it's a little bit more of a whinge than under the pump, purely because I know it's not going to change. But mine's at the media and their lack of, not integrity, but lack of ownership to, you know, what they're saying, especially when it's coming to trades. You know, if it's to believe Fife was signed with Saints last year, you know, uh, Gov's going to Fremantle, you know, they just, they, they spew these things out and just hope something sticks. So they've got no accountability for what they're saying. And it's really beginning to frustrate me where it's the only industry where you can just lie and lie repetitively 
and not get pulled up for it. And with social media, people just go with it. Oh, they, they gobble it up. But you think about it, I reckon for every trade story there is, one in ten is true. Well, that's what BT says it on the uh, Rub podcast. They just go until, like, they attack coaches until they get what their blood, and then they just throw things at the wall and hope it sticks. Like, Shields going to Essendon. They're going, oh, he's going to be at Essendon next year. Well, he's contracted for another year at GWS. So how can he be going to Essendon? And Shield is one of the elite midfielders yeah. of the competition. And how if can you, Essendon if, afford yeah, that? Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. And this is a team that brought in Saad, brought in yep. Smith and brought in Stringer last year. Yep. So there's no way they can afford this multi-million dollar contract for him unless Jobs Watson was on a million dollars and then retiring last year. No, they they can't afford got that. it. I, I don't have, think they could. And, and he's contracted, so... That's it. Yeah, Shill so. and Kelly, they're the two year. One of them you yeah. tag every game. And uh, look, yeah, I agree totally. And uh, and like I said, it's never going to end because that's what sells papers. papers. And... Um, you put on social media and people comment to it and uh, you hear it. keyboard warriors come out and then, yeah, you start a little bit of banter and it goes on and on and on and that's just the way it goes. That's why I said it was a bit more of a whinge than on the yeah. pump because it's not going to change. Yeah, no. It's just, it irks you as a supporter reading this stuff and a lot more of us are gullible than others and they eat it up as we touched on already. All right, guys, well, we're going to come to the end of the show. Hopefully we haven't bored you too much and we've uh, discussed a few things. Uh, shout out to other Eagles pods out there that are doing it. Um, if you're into podcasts, you want to have a good laugh, my favourite at the moment is uh, Triple M Rubdown, Rubdown one. I think it's pretty good. It's pretty good fun because they all take their mickey and they're not too serious. Um, but, yeah, have listened to all the podcasts out there, guys, uh, and especially all the Eagles ones and, you know, um, Somebody did ask when we're doing a joint one with the Go Footy guys. Well, that'll probably be at the end of the season in the break. So we'll see how things go, but we'll let you know as soon as we've got a firm date on that. Yeah, it's always great catching up with the boys. It's almost just like sitting around having a talk about the Eagles and he's actually doing a podcast. Yeah. It's always fun. All right, guys. Um, hopefully you enjoyed the show. Um, hopefully the Eagles secure top two this week. Uh, we need to. Then we can shove it up all the critics and all the people that knocked us all years. And Robert Wars, eat a dick, mate. Yeah, and that's no all I can say. For us, mate, it's gone to your Carlton. <laughs> yeah, and you, you just worry about Carlton, Robert Wars, mate. Lots to worry about. Yeah. All right, take it easy, guys. That's TNG signing off. Until next week.